0: Sunday, you get an extra hour of sleep next Sunday. I know you're all excited about that, I can tell. You're on the edge of your seat, just just about to go over the edge, aren't you? Can't wait. It's going to be so much fun that you can sleep in an extra hour, and I know you're going to feel it, and I know when you get to church, you're going to just rejoice in the Lord. Amen. (laughs) Amen. You guys are really alive today, aren't you? Okay, <laughs> praise the Lord. Woo. And uh, what, a, what a pertinent topic to talk about. Uh read a story about a guy and he and his wife went on a cruise. Any of you? Cindy and I went on a cruise, our first one. Those are fun, aren't they? If you've been on one. Man, I mean, they wait on you hand and foot. There's no, if you need something, you just get it. They'll even bring, you can never leave your cabin. Just They'll bring it to you. You know, no extra charge. I thought, no extra charge? This is great. Bring it on. But uh what a, what a fun thing. You know, some people say, well, I don't want to get stuck on a boat out in the middle of the water. Well, why not? <laughs> Orcas swim by. Hang on. They'll, dolphins will jump in the boat with you. It's great stuff. And then if you go in the Caribbean, well, sharks will eat you. But no, that's no big deal. Okay, no, anyway. Great story. They went on a cruise and... uh they decided they were going to go snorkeling. They were down in the Caribbean and decided to go snorkeling. Now, I've never snorkeled. Any, anybody? I, I, as I read this story, I just thought, it doesn't look fun to me at all. But anyway, they uh, settled on the beach they were going to snorkel at, and they, they picked up their snorkeling gear. And uh, uh, they, they had been snorkeling before, so they, they, just, they just knew they knew what they were doing. So they were walking back to their uh, hotel and getting ready to go down to go snorkeling. And uh, the guy was hungry, so he stopped and grabbed a, a deal of fries to eat on the way back. And so as he's walking, walking along, he decided to put the flippers on, the goggles on, and the little breathing apparatus and, so he could sound like Darth Vader. And uh, pretty soon he's, he's walking along and uh, blood starts flying. And he couldn't figure out what's going on. And he, and he's, so he's starting to take the mask off and he's looking around and, 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 and gaining his bearings. And he was just being accosted and, and blood was just flying everywhere. And he noticed that it was the local birds had swooped down to take his french fries. And what he thought was blood was the ketchup from the Heinz packets going everywhere because they were pecking that too. Gets to the water, puts the snorkeling stuff on, gets in. And almost drowns because he momentarily forgot how to snorkel. He didn't know you couldn't put it underwater and just keep going. Cuts his knee on some of the coral down on the bottom. Fish start attacking him because they see it's the blood. And they <laughs> Pretty soon he says, I felt like I was on the lost TV show. Some island was going to kill me. But he got angry is what he said. That was the extent of his story. He said, I just got mad. I got angry. We had an episode just this morning at church. Of all places, where you should never get angry, it should be at church, right? But now, when a man takes another man's homemade cookies, I mean, this—we're this, talking life and death here. Especially when they're Sherry Casda cookies. Some of you are saying, "Well, just how good are they?" Well. Willing, one guy's willing to kill another one over him this morning, I'm telling you. People get mad at some of the craziest things. We get angry, don't we? We even sometimes, when we get so angry, we talk about, I'm going to kill that person. Wow. How many of you have been married longer than one day? Some of you are reluctant to raise your hands. Okay, okay, there you was. But you remember, I'm sure, at some time in your married relationship, that you and your spouse got in an argument, and sometimes those arguments got pretty heated. And then the phone would ring. You could be just going, "Hello, how are you?" Just, you know. I mean, you can turn it on. You can turn it off just like that. It's amazing. It's amazing. But sometimes we get so mad we think we're going to kill somebody. Well, that's our commandment this morning. You shall not, what does it say? Murder. Though the thought has crossed your mind. I raised three boys. They're all three lucky to be alive. I'm glad they've They've made it to adulthood. Now I can watch them get angry like I got angry at their children, but now I can intervene because, you see, I remember how I was, and I shouldn't have been. So when they're ready to lop off the head of my grandchildren, I can step in and let them lop my head off, you know, that'd be okay. I got put in time out one time by Misty because I got the kids in trouble. And I love it cuz Brayden came over and he goes, "I'll sit with you, Papa. I'll sit with you." Cuz he knew. He knows. He knows about time out. <laughs> but anger. Does this verse deal with anger? You shall not murder? Well, let me give you 3 things this verse does not apply to. It does not refer to killing animals. For food. It doesn't refer to that. In Genesis 9-3, God said everything that lives and moves will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. So everything that God created, He created for us to enjoy. Some of you are looking at me funny. Raise up your Bible. I'm a child of God, having my hand, powerful word of God, that Pastor Harold forgot. It can save lives, heal broken hearts, and help us get through this message. Here's our prayer, Lord Jesus, today, speak to my heart, in Jesus' name, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, see, I knew he'd forget. But everything that God made, He made for us to enjoy, didn't He? Now, I'm not a hunter. I've I've never had the privilege to go hunting. I call it privilege because I think that's what it is. But I know men that have raised their children, uh, boys and girls, to go hunting. In fact, I saw a a YouTube video of a girl that's a uh, a hunter. I mean, she's she's something. (laughs) Man, I saw her doing, it was like target practice. Man, she was... I want her by my side whenever we're needing to go with a gun. I want her. Man, she was something. And most people, when they kill an animal, it's for the purpose of eating that eating the meat from that animal. I lived in Branson before I moved to Jinx, And in Branson, they have a lot of deer over there. And one year I remember they said, we need the hunters to be especially uh, fruitful this year. And I thought, what's that mean? Well, they wanted the hunters to kill a bunch of deer because they were overpopulating the area. Well, that was like throwing meat to a <laughs> to a rabbit dog. I mean, these guys were they're shooting anything that moved, even if it didn't, they shot it anyway. I don't know if that's what he's talking about, but God made everything for us to enjoy. I thought this was an interesting story. The founder and editor of Vegetarian Times when they were celebrating their 20th anniversary, he went to Ruth Chris Steakhouse. and I've never been there, but I've heard about it. I understand that's a pretty expensive place to go get a steak, but I hear it's really, really good steak. But this guy, vegetarian times, right? 20th anniversary, he orders a 20-ounce steak, and the reporters ask him why, and he said, well, 20 years of tofu, tofu is enough for anybody. I'd agree with that. If you give me tofu over a steak, I'll take the steak. So God allows us to eat animals for the purpose of food. Can all the meat eaters say amen? All right. Secondly, what it doesn't say, it doesn't refer to capital punishment. Now, I know this is an area of much debate, but I will say that capital punishment is the basis of human government. Genesis 9, 5 and 6 says, And from each man, too, I will demand an accounting for the life of his fellow man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God, he, a God, image of God, has God made man. We're not to take each other's life. That's what this commandment says. We're not to murder anybody. One of the problems we have in our culture today is that we don't have swift punishment. If you're accused of killing someone and you go on death row, you're liable to be there for 30 years before they ever get around to taking your life. And then they do it in such a humane way, it just makes your heart stop and you, you die. And most of the people that these individuals killed suffered a far more painful death than that. But when you remove the death penalty from a society, the system breaks down. In the past, in America, first-degree murder got the death penalty. Rape got 15 years. Shoplifting got five years in prison. Today, first-degree murder is 15 years. Rape is five years. And shoplifting is six months. The average life sentence today is eight years. Get out of good behavior after eight years. Sanctuary cities break federal law to allow illegals to hide there. And to kill innocent people. And the Democratic Party in Washington voted against the law that was being enacted. It was all Democrats voted against it. So if you're a Democrat, sorry, but your group voted it out. And it was a mandatory five years in prison if they were convicted, ex- exported, and came back. As soon as they came back, they were arrested, should be arrested, according to this law. And put in prison for five years if they committed a felony on, before they were deported. And they said, nope, we're not going to support that. Awesome. Same. Some say that the death penalty isn't a deterrent for crime. I can tell you how it's a deterrent for crime. Because the one that didn't do it, or the one that did do it, I should say, he won't do it again. Or she won't do it again. We had five prisoners at Gitmo who were convicted and put in Gitmo prison for killing American soldiers and let out. Let them out. Because we needed a trade. We were told we don't negotiate with terrorists. Really? Hmm. Hmm. That's why people holding up signs, Thou shalt not kill, signs at executions, they just don't understand this verse in Exodus 20. It says, You shall not murder. That's pretty clear. What God is forbidding is the premeditated murdering of other people. So some might ask, What about war? Glad you asked about that, because that's the next thing that this does not refer to, it does not refer to war. Ecclesiastes 3 verses 1 and verse 8. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to love, a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Wouldn't it be great to have us a time of peace? But as long as there are two men or women still walking the earth, there will be conflict. Whenever there's more than one person in the room, there's potential conflict. <laughs> and then with some people, they there is schizophrenic, there's conflict, even if they're the only one in the room, you know. So, But in the same way a person has the right to defend themselves, so a nation has a right to defend itself from those who attack it. We do not have the right to invade Canada just because we feel like it. Mexico, that's a different story. No, I'm teasing. But we do have the right to defend ourselves. Even the most basic reading of the Old Testament reveals that truth. So what is God referring to in this verse? He's referring to the blatant disregard of human life. And let me give you three things that God is saying no to in this verse. He's saying, three things. He's saying no to three things. Number one, God is saying no to premeditated murder. There's a difference between defending yourself if somebody breaks into your home. I love the story I read. This is a black woman, she said, uh, "Well, I couldn't wait for the police. <laughs> she said so I went and got my gun. I took care of those boys trying to break into my house. I have no problem with her doing that. Do you? Why do you think we lock the doors now on Sunday morning after we get going in church? It's just a, a small deterrent." It's a small deterrent. Why do churches have to hire security guards to be at their church service carrying guns? Bigger the church, the more opportunity for evil to rise. Premeditated murder. The Bible calls that lying in wait. That's where you work out the details of how you're going to kill someone. The Bible prohibits. First degree murder. Secondly, God is saying no to suicide. had a discussion just a week or so ago about this. If you don't think it's a big deal, suicide is the number two killer among college students. It's the number two killer among high school students. More kids are killed by suicide than they are by traffic accidents. One of the most important things to do to watch after the lady that uh, was driving that car yesterday is that she may become a victim of suicide. Once the weight of the guilt and the shame of what she did, she realizes it. But here's the reality in Romans 14, verses 7 and 8, it says, For we don't live our... For ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or we die, we belong to the Lord. We belong to the Lord. Most of us at different times have felt despair enough to think, Is life worth living? We've gotten there. We've gotten to a point where perhaps it looks hopeless. There is a better way. There is a better way. And that that way is talking to someone and always remembering that God made you and me for a purpose. We may live all of our lives to figure out what that purpose is. But God made us for a purpose. He put a mark on us, this this mark right here, your thumb, your thumbprint's the only one that's like this. Nobody else's is like that. Yours is the only one. So it makes you unique. You're very unique. You're the only you that there is. And for some of us, including me, you would say amen. We're the only ones that are like us. Hallelujah. There is a better way. God is always in the business of bringing forgiveness into a person's life if they'll but ask. if they'll just but turn to him, He will bring that love and forgiveness back. But when it's the darkest and the most despair, those are the hardest times to come find him, aren't they? Yes, have you ever known someone that committed suicide? As a pastor I've dealt with that a number of times. And it's the most difficult thing in the world to understand. We have to be slow, slow to judge. <laughs> Don't be too quick to say, well, they're in hell. Be careful. <laughs> God knows the hearts of a person. And uh the discussion I was having a few weeks ago, somebody said, Well, that's what it says in the Bible. I said, well, if you can show me that verse, I'll go with it. Because usually we refer back to Judas, don't we? And the truth of Judas' story is that Judas took into his own hands the outcome after he sinned. Peter showed a different outcome. You and I can do the same thing. You and I can pull a Peter and just simply weep for the sin that we do, the betrayal that we give and show. Don't take it into your own hands. There's somebody out here that loves you. There's somebody that cares more for you than you could ever hope or ask. There's somebody that's ready to lift you from the burdens, lift you from the pit. He's ready to bring hope into your life again. He's ready to bring and breathe life into you in such a way you've never experienced it before. Oh, I know it's hard to see. Oh, I know it's hard to understand. But living, having lived a life like I've lived, I'm so grateful that He didn't abandon me in my darkest hour. Aren't you? Aren't you? And God is saying no, number three, to abortion. That's a very touchy subject and it's in the, it was in the news quite often. And isn't it interesting how all of a sudden we don't hear anything about it anymore? Because Planned Parenthood said this, Well, we're not going to take money anymore for these baby parts. What did they just admit? They took money for baby parts. So, they're not going to take money now for baby parts. Said the wolf to the sheep. Come on in. We're just going to have a good time today. There are always and will always be unplanned pregnancies. But to God, there are no... Accidental conceptions. It may have happened because people didn't follow God's plan, but God's plan is that babies should be born. Now, if that baby's inconvenient for that mother, bear the child and just let someone else have that baby. I've met couples all of my life, all my ministry life, who will never, ever, ever get to have children who would make tremendous parents if given the opportunity. I was really up in the air about abortion and all that. You know, you'd always hear, well, except in cases of incest and rape. That seemed plausible, didn't it? Until I read Psalm 139. In Psalm 139, verse it began at verse 13, it says, "...you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born." Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Wow. Wow. If you've ever talked to a woman who's had an abortion, and I have, I had a church secretary that had an abortion when she was a young girl, and she was much older. She was in her fifties at this time. She was in her teens when she had the baby and aborted the baby. And still in her fifties, she's in agony of that decision. The regret and and the remorse and the guilt, it breaks my heart. Every time they see a child, They're reminded. And their hearts break. If you're here this morning and you're thinking of getting an abortion, there are alternatives. There really, really are. There really are. Please, please don't abort the baby. Crisis Pregnancy Center here in Tulsa. Uh, I know a church in Kansas that uh, in Wichita, Kansas. They decided they were going to do something about this. They set up a uh, unwed mothers home for counseling and, and health care, and the church funded it. It's a big church. They funded it, and so girls would come by there and. The girls didn't want to keep the baby, and so the church families would adopt their babies. <laughs> and these girls would move in with those families and live until the baby was born, so the mother, the birth mother could see where this baby's going to be growing up. What a what a wonderful outreach that that church decided to do into the lives of those young women who were scared. You're 15, 16 and you're pregnant. We've got a young girl at Jinx right now who's ready to deliver right now. She has no hope or no help. She has no money. she has nothing. And I've offered our church to help. hope that's okay. She's going to keep the baby. And that, that was my my main concern is that somehow she keep that baby or and then she's going to relocate to Colorado with her parents. And uh, the mom's showing much more interest in helping her now. I was so encouraged by all of that. But I've offered our financial help for this little girl. She's scared as she can be. All of her friends have ostracized her. There are alternatives. Jeremiah 1 says, The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Women who choose to do this will struggle emotionally for the rest of their lives. It's a billion dollar industry. How can a nation, how can a people who have found out that they were pulling body parts out of a woman and selling them, how can we rest with ourselves? And yet, both branches of Congress, Republican, and Democrat voted to continue funding Planned Parenthood through the end of this year. Shame on Washington. There's a price they'll pay with Almighty God, and they won't like the price. And if you've had an abortion... No one was there to help you. I want you to know that I know a God that can remove that guilt. I know a God that can bathe you and re-cleanse your life in such a way that He can help take that away. He can help that. I know a God that's like that. And I want you to know Him. If you've got a friend that's done this and they're struggling... I want you to know that our God can help them. We are not here to condemn people. Amen? We are here to love people. God called us to love people first. Love them. If they don't agree with us, it's okay. They'll get over it. We'll get over it. But we've got to love them. In fact, 2 Corinthians 5 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. God can cleanse you. God can wash you. God can restore you. And if you're a Christian, God can transform you into that new person. a person of life, a person that understands more than anyone else how hard it was to make that decision. And oftentimes you make it alone. Babies don't just happen. (laughs) Boys have to help girls and girls have to help boys. So there's two people there involved if a boy is part of that, he ought to man up. Amen? He ought to step up and be a man. If you're, if you're big enough to do an adult thing, you're big enough to be an adult, so get with it. Just let God heal you. Please let Him heal you. And please, 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 if you know somebody or you yourself have been in that position, know that God loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And He will never, ever forsake you or leave you. He always wants to help you. you ever had a washing machine break or an AC go out? car break down. It's a, it's, it's a day that feels like hell itself outside. And your car breaks down and your AC goes out and you're just... Uh, makes you mad, doesn't it? You get angry about that stuff. And it just does so much good to get angry, doesn't it? You go outside with a sledgehammer and say, I'm going to show you, A.C., I'm going to turn you back on. And you beat the tar out of it with that sledgehammer. And after you hit it the first time, it comes on and says, okay, stop, stop, stop. Doesn't your A.C. do that? Mine taunts me. I will go out there with a hammer and say, I'm going to hit you. And it goes, go ahead. (laughs) And usually all it is is a little bitty fuse like this big. If that's not taunting, I don't know what is. You replace the fuse and it starts working again. There's times when we get so mad. Sometimes we get so worked up. We get so angry about things. And we don't want that verse to be in Exodus 20. It says, you shall not murder. We don't want that verse there. Because we're ready to hurt somebody. Jesus addressed that in Matthew chapter 5. He says, You've heard that, in, that the ancients were told you shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court, and whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, you shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And who says you fool, you shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and then remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and present your offering. I had a person not long ago say, you know, I really believe, I'm going to start believing and trusting God for tithe. I'm going to start tithing. Well, I knew a little bit about their life. And I suggested to the person, I said, there's a deal between you and another brother, right? Yeah. I said, until you fix that according to this verse, it's not your your tithes are going to be in vain. He looked at me really funny. So I don't know what he's going to do, with that, do about that, but I hope that they... Do the, what they're supposed to do. See, if you've got a problem with a brother, go fix it. If you borrow money from somebody, pay them back. Suck it up and go pay them back. Work, a, work nine jobs. I don't care what it takes, go pay them back. Pay them back first, not everybody else. Better yet, don't borrow at all. Anger. Let me give you three quick things to, in, in closing, of how you know when anger is out of control. Number one, your emotions are irrational. Now, I talked about the appliances and the AC and the car. I mean, sometimes we get it irrational. We'll call the mechanic. Can you fix my AC? Yeah, I'll bring it in. Okay, today I'll get it at five today. You're taking it at four. refrigerator's out, or your AC's out, and it's in the heat of the summer, and you call the AC guy, hey, my AC's out at home, okay, I'll be right over, next week, <laughs> next week, yeah, I got you down, you're down the list, ants, ever have ants, can't get rid of them, they keep coming back. Flies. Can't get rid of them. They keep coming back. I'm ready for mosquitoes to go somewhere besides the back of my neck. See, sometimes anger makes us irrational. You ever cut somebody off in traffic? Was it New Mexico last week or a week or so ago when a guy cut somebody off and? He pulls out a gun. He gets behind the guy that cut him off. Pulls out a gun and starts shooting into the car in front of him. Kills a four-year-old baby sitting in a car seat. Because he was so mad he got cut off. I'll show you. Somebody needs in front of you, let them be in front of you. You'll catch them at the stoplight. And it's fun to kind of roll up right beside him at the stoplight and just kind of, it is fun. Don't look at them because then they'll shoot you. But just, just, just smile. Road rage. Proverbs twenty nine eleven: A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. Anger without a cause is not a good thing. Proverbs 7, 9 says, Control your temper, for anger labels you a fool. Does it mean that all anger is wrong? No, there's some that's godly and good. John 2 says, When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts He found men selling cattle, sheep and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So He made a whip out of cords and drove all of them from the temple area. Both sheep and cattle, he he scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? That's the same verse, by the way, we're quoted that when a quartet comes and sells their CDs in the back of the church, that we're we're, we're selling in the temple. This is not the temple. You are the temple. Just take a deep breath. It's okay. That quartet needs to make some money to keep going along and singing in little churches like this. It's okay. Just relax. Take a deep breath. Next time you go to a concert, a Christian concert, don't buy any of their stuff because they're selling in the temple. Oh, that's a concert hall. It's a temple at that moment. You with me now? You see what I'm saying? We do the silent auctions out here. We shouldn't be doing that. You give money for stuff that people bake here. I still miss Peggy Horton's peach cobbler. It had anything to do with chocolate. But I got more money out of that than anything else because there's people bidding on it who have eaten it before. Poor Verlin had to pay $300 one year just to get it back. That's why I miss her. We've had good fundraisers when she brought that peach cobbler. Jeff tried to make it, but it wasn't the same. Anger. When's the last time you got angry about something that really mattered? Secondly, your words are insulting. It's amazing how when someone is mad, even their compliments are insults. I love your new outfit. Looks like you finally bought some new clothes. Wow. Wow. Thanks. Yeah, I love your hair. In Jesus' day, if you said raka to someone, it was like saying something about somebody's mom. Man, those are fighting words. I'm talking about my mom like that. "Rocka" was the sound you would make when you would spit, it was a sign of disgust. Clear your throat and just let her rip, tater chip. I had a dad like that. Any of you grew up with a dad like that? He would suck on his nose so hard like his head would collapse. Here we go. Well, I've just made your lunch really good now, haven't I? Psalm 53, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt and their ways are vile. There is no one who does good. But here's the truth. Sometimes it's not what we mean, but when anger gets out of control, it causes us to do things that we wouldn't do otherwise. We don't mean to be mean, but we just say things that we don't think about. Be careful. Take a deep breath. Calm down. Get that number 10 in there 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 18, 19, 14, 14, 14, 15. Number 3. Your faith is stalled. To offer a sacrifice in that day was very expensive and very time consuming. And Jesus is saying that even if you're about to do something sacred, if someone has something against you because of something you've done, fix it before it gets bigger. Fix it. Galatians five twenty two and twenty three. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. And how do we do that and not allow anger to control us? According to Ephesians four, for putting away lying, let each of each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your wrath, nor give place to the devil. And it really all, it all boils down to one word. One word. And that word is say it out loud. Forgiveness is the greatest tool of release for any Christian. Receiving forgiveness and extending forgiveness. And the more readily we're able to do both, the greater life is. Father, I ask you this morning, as we prepare for an invitation time, that you would be moving in the hearts of your people here. God, there are absolute times that we should be doing better than we do. There are times when we should be uh, not angry, but we are. There are times when we will say things that we should not say, but we do. And there are decisions that we make, sometimes that we shouldn't make, but we do anyway. God, my prayer today is that you would move among your folks here this morning. They would sense your presence. They will wrestle within their lives and within their hearts about where they are with you. And Father, they will respond. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.